Welcome, welcome. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Aaron Burke and I get the incredible honor of being the lead pastor here. One church, seven locations, and we have our eighth location joining us. So I want to shout out the West Chase team and they're doing their practice services this week and next week. And so I'm really excited about what the Lord's going to do in and through that community. So um, I'm proud of you guys there at West Chase, proud of Pastor John and Sarah and the whole team. So we're, we're so excited. Hey, if you've not been around Radiant for a while, let me just tell you how this goes. This is our, our, our time of prayer and fasting. It starts today. So if you already went through the drive-thru and grabbed some food, you already ruined it, you can start over right now in this moment. So this is our time where we, uh, we not only just pray, because we go through multiple prayer seasons in the year, but this is a t- time we, we combine prayer with fasting. And so let me just let you know, we have a lot of resources. I've even had people DMing me on Instagram going, I, I don't even know, I've never fasted before. We want to help you with that. So there's different levels of that. There's some people that do a certain kind of foods they're removing, and um, some people, they, they do juice only, a lot of our staff is doing juice only. Some people are doing water only. Um, you got to be prepared for that. That's like a big deal. Um, we've normally done these over 21 days. This year we're doing over seven days because I would rather you raise your level of intensity for seven days. And so um, I don't know what you've done in the past, but take it to the next level. And then we have our prayer times that are happening at all of our campuses um, at Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. And so I want you there for that. Um, we're going to be going through a devotional together, um, teaching you how to pray. It'll be something amazing for your life. We are at Wednesday at noon. Say noon. All right, so noon on Wednesday, and we've never done this before, but what we're doing is we're asking you to take your lunch break, if possible, come to one of our campuses, and the auditorium is just going to be open. Our pastors, our staff are going to be there if, they, if you want prayer, but we're going to have moments where you can just take communion, worship by yourself, and let's have a moment there Wednesday at noon. And then Saturday, we made this change last year where Saturdays are not in our buildings, they're in the communities. We're praying in different parks and uh, we're just gonna be a light to the Tampa Bay area, to God be the glory. So I'm really pumped about that. It sets us up for the year. And so I'm, I know it's gonna be huge. You go, oh, I don't know how to pray. That's what the message is on today. I'm gonna help you out with that. But before I get into it, let me be your pastor, give you a little bit of vision of where we're going as a church. For, so first of all, this next week is seven days, prayer and fasting, you know that. And that's gonna lead us into next Sunday. Um, we're gonna continue this series on prayer, but next Sunday night at West Chase, at our new campus, we are doing a worship night and we wanna invite you out to that. I, I wanna pack out Alonzo High School. I wanna see it packed out. You bring your friends and family that live in that community. It's not just for the West Chase area, all of Radiant, come and worship together. It'll be a great time together on, on that night. And then the 22nd is our grand opening of our eighth location to God be the glory. So I'm really pumped about that, excited about what the Lord's gonna do. And by the way, I'm gonna start a brand new series on the 22nd. I want your attention because I'm going to be talking for about six weeks on relationships because I don't know, there ain't no pain like relationship pain. And so we're going to help you do relationships God's way. We're going to talk about marriage and dating and sex and all those things. It's going to be awesome. So we're going to start that on the 22nd and it's going to be pumped. And, uh, and so anyway, then the 29th, our groups launch and there's groups for everybody. And we want to be a big part of that. There's a lot of you guys that they just do groups where they hang out and they recap the sermon. That's awesome. We have some curriculum groups where you go through and learn how to do marriage better and raising kids and finances. And then we have our kind of our core group of Radiant, which is we call foundations. You need to be part of groups. That's a big deal. And then on the fifth, we have baptisms. If you've never gone public with your faith, go public on the fifth. We want to see, I'm telling you this a month in advance because I hear it all the time. They're like, if I would have known in far in advance, I would have invited my friends and family. That's what we want you to do. Do that and they'll hear a good relationship message at the same time. And then I'm going to say the date just because I want you to put it on your calendar. It sells out every year. It's one of the best things we do every year. 
We link up with uh, churches in, in Dallas that do this, and we are putting on our, our, it's like a third or fourth year of doing our EXO Marriage Conference, and that is on, and we are doing a one-day event on that. So we are doing, normally did Friday night and the Saturday. We're just doing all day on Saturday, um, and we want you to be there. Uh, the registration will go live next week, and we have moved it into a 2,000-seat auditorium just to make space for, the, for you. And so we want you there for it. So um, it'll, it's going to be an awesome event. So you can't register for it now. It starts next um, Sunday. You can register, and uh, we charge like a minimal fee just to cover the cost. And if you can't pay for it, we'll pay for it. We just want you there, um, de- uh, those who are engaged or married. So we want to make you strong in that area. All right, y'all ready to get in God's Word today? I said, are you ready to get in God's word today? I'm refreshed. I'm ready to go. I'm I'm excited about what God's going to do. We're we're starting a series for the next two weeks on teach me how to pray. Teach me how to pray. Because I don't know about you. There's nothing more frustrating than getting amped up in a message like this on prayer. And you go home and you get kind of the scenery ready and you get a little candles lit. You get a little coffee and you get your Bible. You're all ready and you're ready to pray. You're ready to like bombard heaven. And so you start praying and you're, 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 you're praising God and you're presenting your request. And, and then you're thanking God. And, and then after it's all said and done, you, you say in Jesus' name, amen. And you look at your, your clock and it's been 42 seconds. Come on, we've all had those moments, haven't we? Because I don't think we know how to do this thing called, called prayer. So I'm going to challenge you because I don't think there's a more important task as your pastor than for me to teach you how to pray. Why? Prayer is communication with God. There is no relationship without communication. So if you want to build that relationship with God, you got to learn to talk and you got to learn to listen and you got to develop that. And we want to, we want to help you in this because listen, some of you guys are great fans, but you're not in a relationship with God. It reminds me of the way I was in middle school and high school. My celebrity crush, I'll admit it to you today, was, um, was Britney Spears. So um, I was a Britney Spears guy. Like I thought we were getting married. I thought it was it. It was like, come on, hit me, baby, one more time. We were ready, all right? So <laughs> it's ridiculous. But I went to the concert. I did it all, okay? I had the poster in my room. It was weird, okay? It was a, it was a weird little infatuation. So, um, and by the way, Britney, if you're watching this, I'm taken, happily married. You missed a, your chance, okay? I just want you to know that. I got a good one. I got the best one right there. So, um, anyway, I was going to make another joke, but we'll wait for that for February. So, <laughs> that's how some of y'all treat your relationship with God. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm a fan. Listen, God doesn't need fans. He needs followers. He, he wants people that'll, that'll communicate with him. This thing in Christianity is about a relationship with God. And there's no relationship if there's not communication. So you got to learn how, how to pray. Charles Spurgeon, the great, the great uh, preacher, said it this way. I would rather teach one man to pray than ten men to preach. Amen. And we got our priorities wrong. We're all about getting people into ministry. And I want you to know that your greatest ministry will be your prayer life. So I want to challenge you on how to do this thing called called prayer, because if you can learn to pray and you can exercise those prayer muscles, then you'll realize that you have access to the God of the universe at all times. Like no matter what comes your way, you can go to God. No, your moments of loneliness, you can go to God. You need answers, you can go to God. Prayer is the lifeline for the believers, so you gotta learn how to get it. You gotta learn how to work it. That is why we're gonna see in this passage today where Jesus teaches us how 
to pray. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there, Luke chapter 11. And here's what's so amazing about Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11 will be our passage for the entire week. And I'll explain that in just a second. But in Luke chapter 11, it says like this in verse one, it says, one day Jesus was praying. What was Jesus doing? Very good. He was praying. Now, now I think this is important to note that if Jesus prayed, you should pray. So you're like, well, I just don't need anything in my life. If anybody didn't need anything, it was Jesus. He was God. He, he, he had all power, and yet he found it important to separate himself and to commune with God. So look what happens. It says, so Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, these people were, were raised up in a very religious culture. They had seen prayer before. The problem with it is they had seen prayer in the religious routine, kind of reciting, kind of very stoic version of prayer. And then Jesus comes on the scene and shows a life-giving connection with God the Father. And they look at him and they go, we've never seen that before. How, how do we get that kind of prayer? Yeah. So if you're hearing this, teach me how to pray, and you think it's going to be some weird thing that we mumble back and forth. No, I'm going to teach you how to co- really commune with God. And Jesus replies with this unbelievable prayer called the Lord's Prayer. And you know the Lord's Prayer, and you could probably quote it if you grew up in church. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to teach you today the Lord's Prayer. And you go, well, Aaron, that's the whole point of the passage. It's like the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is it's the most popular prayer in the, in the scriptures. It gives you kind of an outline of how to pray. Yeah. So what we've done is we've created your devotional for this week that everybody's going to go through on the Lord's Prayer. And I wrote it. I did it already this morning. And you can pick it up right there by scanning that QR code. Because every single day this week, you're going to go through the Lord's Prayer And I'm going to teach you in this devotional how to pray. I see hundreds of phones up, but I see hundreds that are not. So make sure you get it right now because you're going to want this because you're going to have this moment because I train you every single day. And our 6 a.m. prayers, by the way, are going to be moments where we go off of this devotional and we teach you how to pray even more in depth. Your location pastors and campus leadership will help you every single day with that. Today's message, today's devotional, I already did it this morning, even though I wrote it. It just, it it takes about three or four minutes. You read the devotional and then you read the Lord's Prayer. You're gonna lead it every single day because that's Jesus's method of teaching us what to pray. I hope you got it. So as he taught us what to pray, he now gives us a passage. And this is the passage I wanna talk about today for the few minutes we have together. He gives us a passage on prayer that doesn't make sense in the context of the Lord's Prayer. If he taught us to pray, then why is he giving us this whole analogy on prayer? And I think it'll make sense. Look what it says in verse five. Then, so after the Lord's Prayer, then he said to them, suppose you have a friend. Some of you are like, I would love that. All right, so (laughs) you can find them here at Radiant Church, right? Suppose you have a friend. That's funny. I didn't say that in the earlier services. All right. And you go to that friend at midnight. Now, we know this person is not over 30 years old because how many know you're over 30, you're in bed by midnight. Come on, somebody. We're just, this is weird. Some of y'all are 20, you're like, that's where you just start having fun. Yeah. All right, you'll, you'll learn that that changes, all right? So he goes to his friend at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. And a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one on the inside says, don't bother me. This is the same response I'd have if you showed up at my door at midnight. Don't bother me. 
The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. Now, how many know it's one thing to wake up the adult, but it's fighting terms to wake up a kid that's sleeping. Parents, we already had to go through that whole world of trying to get them in bed. And once they're in bed, you're not waking them up. And this, this person wakes up the kids. Look at this. The children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Look at verse 8. This is a crazy, crazy verse. He says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. And then look what Jesus says, these famous words. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened to you. Over the few minutes that I have with you today, here's the title. Here's what I want to challenge you on. I want to challenge you on praying big prayers. Praying big prayers. In this idea of teaching us how to pray, Jesus gives us an outline of prayer, and then he gives us this challenge to say, hey, you need to pray big, crazy prayers. I'm a firm believer that if we knew how big our God is and how much he loves us, we would pray much larger prayers. The issue is many of us live lives that are weak because our prayers are weak. We live lives that our prayer life is, Jesus, if you could, maybe, if possible, try to get around if you have time to maybe work on this small issue when you know you have this major issue in your life and you're praying these weak prayers and I really under believe that many times it's the size of our prayers displays the size of the faith that we have in our God. So I want you to raise your level of faith. It's not just what you say, it's how you say it. Are you praying prayers of faith this year? And, and I, I don't have my word for the year yet, for this year. I'm, I'm waiting to go through prayer and fasting for that. But I know it's something on the line of big faith. I know it's something on the line of big trust. I, I'm just ready to go all in on this nail to actually believe God is who he says he is and can do what he says he can do. And let's start to believe God for some miracles in our life. And he describes this man by being a man that has audacity. Write it down. Here's what audacity is. It's a lack of sensitivity to what is proper. Isn't it crazy? Jesus just tells us a proper way to pray. And then he says, don't have proper prayer. He says, be audacious. Have some audacity. Carelessness about the opinion of others. Shamelessness. And look at this one. Ready? Boldness. Boldness. It's, it's, it's asking big, asking strong prayers. I, I was at a Bolts game the other night with my daughter, Lily, took her on a little date. And we were there. We um, decided to go get her some food. You know, it's like you can have whatever you want. So she went and uh, wanted some overpriced nachos. So I'm still making payments on these nachos. So we... We go there to get the nachos, and, and um, we're standing in the line, and the lady, uh, you know, my daughter says, I want nachos. She gives her the little, little bowl of nachos, and the bowl is half empty. And I've seen the other, the other bowls over there. I'm seeing what it is, and I'm like, I'm like we got to do something about it. And I could see the, even kind of the little disappointment on my daughter's eyes, and she's kind of, you know, a little sad. And, and so I'm looking, and I'm not a Karen. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, no offense if you're Karen. Yeah. <laughs> We love Karen's but I'm not that person, if you know what I mean. Like, I'm not that person that's like, give me the manager. Like, I'm getting this fixed. 
but it was my daughter. And I was like, I got to get, I, I don't like to, you know, ask. And I'm like, but I got to ask. And so I finally went around and said, ma'am, is it possible? I was like, I was like it's a little, bit, a little bit low of the nacho chips. Can you, can you help me out? And, and it's for my daughter. And she's like, oh my gosh, of course I can. Of course I can. So she went back there and it just loaded the chips on there. So my daughter was so shocked. I said, Lily, like the worst she could say was no. You just, you got to ask. And let me tell you, she got the chips. And how many know I ate most of them to God be the glory. Dad tax is a real deal. It's a real deal. But I wonder how many of you guys are missing out on the miracle in your life because you're simply not asking. I think the biggest frustration you're going to figure out one day is the prayers that went unanswered simply because they went unasked. Write it down in your notes this way. Ready? Because boldness precedes breakthrough. So if you want to see breakthrough in your life, you want to see some kind of breakthrough in your marriage and breakthrough in your kids, you got to get bold in asking God for some big things this year. And I don't know what you've written on your prayer list already. I'm going to say up it. I'm going to say make it larger, make it bigger, and let's actually put God into this place where we say, God, I'm trusting you to do something big in my life this year, and I'm going to ask you for it. Mark Batterson says it this way. It's one of my favorite quotes. He says, bold prayers honor God. And God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by your biggest dreams or your boldest prayers. He is offended by anything less. If your prayers aren't impossible to you, they're insulting to God. So let us figure out how to change it in our life to get a boldness on the inside of us to believe God for something great this year. The healing that you never received, let's believe God for it this year. The miracle that you need, let's believe God for it this year. You didn't get the job last year, I'm believing you're going to get it this year. The business didn't grow last year, I'm believing it's going to grow this year. The child didn't come back to faith last year, he's coming back to faith this year. we got to get some boldness in us to believe God. Write it down your notes this way, because our lack of prayer results in a lack of power. So when you don't walk, walk in prayer and walk in faith, come on, it's St. Pete. I want you to hear it. When you are not walking in faith like that, you're really not seeing the power of God in your life. So how do we act it? We activate it. We change it by being people that believe God for big things. Trust them for some impossible things this year. So let me just break it down real quickly in our, in our passage today to show you diff, different times that it's not natural for us, just like this man in the passage, to go to God. And then we're going to have a moment at the end of the service where you got this prayer card. If you're at South Tampa, you'll have them in the seat back in front of you there at Brandon, some of our other locations that are there. I know they passed them out to many people on the way in. In a few minutes, we're going to fill these things out with a bold, crazy, audacious prayer need for this year. And all throughout the week, hundreds of people are going to be praying over these cards and believing God for you. So even as you're stirred over the next five, ten minutes, write out that need and watch how God will do a miracle in your life. Look at verse five one more time. Look, he says, then Jesus said to him, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at what time? Midnight. Midnight. Midnight's the darkest time. It's the, the middle of the night. It's those toughest times in the day. Here's the first thing I want you to write down. When life is dark, I pray big prayers. I don't know how you deal with the darkness in our world today. Now, many people, they just cower back. They, they get frustrated. You wrap yourself in your blanket, and you're like, it's just a tough season. We've all had 
really tough moments. Even over these last couple of years, you've had those tough moments where you're dealing with heartache and you're dealing with the breakup part of the relationship. You're dealing with the trauma that's going on in our world. You're dealing with sickness in your own body. And there's days that dark, that life feels very dark. The relationship is not going well. Your, your addiction keeps coming back up. You're, you, you file for bankruptcy. You realize you actually got a cat as a pet. There's different moments. <laughs> I just had to throw it in for the new year. Throw it in, just the new year. There's midnight hours in your life. And it's tough because we've all had dark moments. We all have those dark times in our life. And I wanna challenge you in those moments to have a moment where you come to God in the dark hours. Even when it seems like nothing's going well, you come to God knowing that at the dark hours, he can bring light into the midst of whatever you're going through. He can bring freedom to the midst of whatever you're going through. But here's what it takes. It takes from us, it takes from us to lay down our pride during the dark hours. To get to that place to say, I can't fix it myself. Y'all know that I'm overcoming an, an addiction that I've had for years, an issue I've had for years. And the issue is that I run out of gas all the time in my vehicle. It's like a regular. If you've been around, you hear one or two stories a year. Just a couple weeks ago, I did this a couple weeks ago. So here's my newest one, all right? So I thought I was delivered, and then in October, I'm coming back from a trip in the Panhandle area with my siblings, and I'm driving on I-10. Katie and I are just smiling, just driving. Had a great time with the family. And uh, then the, the, the car goes, do, 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 and breaks down right there on the side of the interstate. And I was like, I ran out of gas again. How, how is this possible? So about five miles ahead of us is my, my older sister. She's married to a fighter pilot, and he's as about as organized as can be. Like, they don't run out of gas when you're, like, you're flying a jet. Like, you just don't. So, so I have to call him, and I, I know he's right ahead. I know he's going he's gonna to just ream me of this thing. And I knew, I was like, but I had no other chance. It's like, if I don't call him, I've got to wait an hour or two for AAA. It's going to be a terrible experience. I was like, i got to call. So I, I pick up the phone. And I call him and I'm like, hey, I just want you to know my car just broke down. And he's like, oh no, is the car, everything okay? I'm like, yeah, the car's fine. It's just, uh, it, it just, you know, just, and it, it just ran out of gas. And they're like, Aaron, we were just laughing about this. This is, this is your past. No, it's what I am. I can't get over it. So he has to go around, get to a gas station, get a little can, fill it up, bring it all the way to me. It took 30 plus minutes for them to do it. Messed up their whole schedule. And what, what did I have to, I had to ask I had to break my pride down. Here's what Proverbs says. Pride brings a person low. Like, you got to get low at times. I'm telling you, this whole idea of sitting there with your shoulders back, I got my life together, it's not going to work out for you anymore. We got, we got to be lowly people that go low and say, listen, a, a, one that's lowly in spirit, gain honor. God will bless your life. God will do amazing things in your life. But you got to walk in humility to say, I need help at times. I'm in a dark place at times. You've got to be able to reach out. C.S. Lewis says it this way. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you're looking down, you can't see something that's above you. Wow. And I want you to know in your dark moments, hear me out. God is with you and wants to be with you during those. He wants to minister to you during those times. But you got to get your eyes off of yourself. You got to get your eyes off of what everybody else is doing. And you got to go, I'm going to humble myself and reach out to God. That's what this guy had to do. He had a midnight moment, a midnight emergency. 
and he had to reach out. And in your dark times, reach out to God. Run to God. Rest in God. Rely on God. Request from God. I'm telling you, you can ask big prayers at midnight hours. Look at the verse goes on. He says, suppose you have a friend. You go to him at midnight. Say, friend, live me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine was on a journey, has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. Now, if that was me, I'd go, listen, go get some Uber Eats. <laughs> go through the drive-thru. Let's make this happen. Go, go to Waffle House. But this is, you're talking about 2,000 years ago. You're talking about in the Jewish culture of the day, it was the greatest honor to take care of a guest that randomly showed up to your house. Yeah. Now, I want you to know that is not a great honor today to show up to <laughs> someone's house randomly. <laughs> Give everybody a heads up, right? Times have changed. Um, but when he looked, the man saw his guest arrived and immediately has this moment going, oh no, I have nothing to feed this person. It's the greatest thing we do is we show hospitality. I have, no, I have need in my life. And I want you to get this. Number two, when the need is great, I pray big prayers. That's what the passage shows us. He's in a place of great need and he prayed big prayers. The problem with it is that we do a lot of other things when we have a trial or we have an issue in our life, when the need's in your life. Some of y'all, you're really good at this one. As soon as there's a need, what do you do? You worry first. You have this whole moment where you just, it, worry captures you and you always think the worst and you always think everything's gonna fall apart and, and worry first. How's that working out for you? It doesn't work very well, right? So, so some of you guys, it's just panic. You look like a chicken with your head cut off. You're like, I just got issues. I got problems. I gotta fix it. And that's so much of your life right now. It's, it's just, it's, it's panic. Some of you, oh man, here's what you do first when there's a problem. You just avoid. Everything's going to be great. It's all going to be fine. Like you're bleeding right now in front of us. No, no, you, you're avoiding it, thinking it's going to go away. And it doesn't solve the problem. You avoid first. Some of you guys, you just fear first. Isn't it? You go to worst case scenario. This is all going to fall apart. It's all going to be terrible. It's, it's, it's fear grips your life. Come on, can we get real for just a second? Some of you guys. <laughs> Don't you? I'm going to find the answer. I'm going to figure this thing out myself. And none of those are God's solution for your life. God's solution for your life is what we, we pray first. We pray first. It's why we wear these little bands all over. Why? It's, it's not so that we can identify each other. You go to radio. I go to radio. How cool is that? It's so that we can live in a lifestyle that whenever there's need in our life, we know the first thing we do is pray. That's why Paul says it this way. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about what? Everything. Oh, say it loud. Pray about what? Everything. everything. As Christians, we should pray about everything in our life. If you're stressed, pray about it. If you're worried, pray about it. If you're concerned, pray about it. If you're sick, pray about it. If you're broke, pray about it. If you're angry, pray about it. If you're discouraged, pray about it. If you're overwhelmed, pray about it. If you're grateful, you pray about it. If you're happy, you pray about it. If you're blessed, you pray about it. I don't care what's going on in your life. You learn to pray about it. Can we give God some praise today, church? We pray about it. And here's what I love about this idea about prayer, even in our need, is that faith, faith doesn't ignore the facts. It ignores the power of the facts. So the man has the friend show up and his friend's like, well, what are we going to eat? He didn't sit there and say, just believe that there's food in front of you. You're full already. No, I'm not. I want some bread. 
And come on, it wasn't kale that he offered him. He offered him bread. To God be the glory. <laughs> there's, there's so many people that they get in this faith world and they get into such a rhythm of faith to where you won't even say the problem anymore. And it's very weird. It's like, it's like you got a bad cancer diagnosis. I won't even say it. It's not even real. I'm like, no, it is real. But let's, let's not understand. Let's understand that even though the issue's real, your God's just as real. And even though the issue is there, so is the miracle working power of God that he paid for on the cross. We're not going to ignore the facts. We're going to ignore the power of the facts that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And no matter what comes my way, I can have victory and I will live in victory because of what Jesus has done for us. Can we give him better praise today, church? So I don't know what need is in your life, but I want you to know you can go to God with it. You can bring it to him. That's what seven days of prayer and fasting does. It gets us in this place where I'm presenting it to God. I'm getting in a rhythm to say it comes to me. I'm bringing it right to him. It's not a burden I'm called to carry. I'm called to give it to him. And I present it in prayer and God brings the miracle in my life. Here's the third one. We'll close with this one. Is you have to understand, number three, look what it says. And suppose the one on the inside answers, don't bother me. And, and, and this is how we think God acts, by the way. We, we hear this. I want you to hear this. Through our natural mind, this is how we think of God. We can't bother him. The door is already locked. That's how some people feel. The, the, the opportunity for the miracle is already gone. The door is locked. My children and I are in bed. In other words, God's caring about other people who can't care about me. I, I can't get up. I, God doesn't have the power to do it. That's how we view God in this time. And we got to change that. Look what he says in verse 8. He says, I tell you, even though he will not get up, to give you the bread because of your friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity. Just the simple fact that you asked, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Here's the third one I want you to write down. When God seems distant, when he seems distant, when he seems like the door's shut, when he seems like the answer can't happen, I'm gonna pray big prayers. I'm gonna pray big prayers. Because we've all had those moments we feel like the door's been shut on us, the opportunity's gone. And I just want you to believe again. You know what? You can pray big prayers even if the door's shut. Even, even if it feels like there's no way God can do it. I want you to know you can pray big prayers. By the way, I, I love how I wrote, I said he seems distant. Notice I didn't say he was distant. Because so many have this idea that God seems far away. That's why fasting is so important in combination with prayer this week. Because fasting disconnects me from the world and reconnects me with the reality of God. And the reality of God, he's not far from you. He's right in the midst of whatever pain you're going through right now. I'll share you, uh, with you a crazy God story that happened in my life. I've got like a top 10 miracles that have happened. This is in the top of the top 10 miracles that have happened in my life. 2005, 2006, I was a missionary in the country of Sri Lanka. If y'all know, Sri Lanka is an island off the coast of India. Got hit by the tsunami about six months after the tsunami. I was there working on the grounds. And so we were doing missions work all over. And uh, some people did not like what we were doing. And so it, they were out to get us. It was all this weird scenario. But I was on a three-week tour around the island. And I didn't know as I was going on a three-week tour, the government was kind of tracking what we were doing. And when I got back to our house with our missions team, the government had kind of ransacked the house, took my passport, and told me that I had to go and meet with the um, immigration leaders of, of the country the next day. Like, I knew I was in trouble. I knew it was bad. So I wake up the next day, I mean, fear overwhelmed me. It was just like worry. I'm 23 years old. I had nothing. I didn't know what I was going to do. 
I'd never been through this before. I remember reading the scriptures where the, where the Lord says in the scriptures, you're going to stand before government. Um, you're going to stand before the government. I'm going to give you every word to say. And I was all pumped in faith going, all right, God, this is my chance. I'm going to stand in front of them. You know, this is where I'm going to make history. So I get there, me and, me and my buddy who were, we were doing the ministry together, we get there, they take us into two separate rooms with the top government officials over immigration and the entire nation, and they split us apart, and they grill us for a good five, six hours. I mean, just nonstop, question after question after question. What are you doing here? Are you trying to proselytize? Are you trying to tell people about Jesus? Are you trying to change people's faith, faith and all this stuff? And I'm like, no, I'm just a student. You know, I had a student visa at the time. I'm like, I'm just a little kid trying to learn about the culture. And, and they're like, well, that's not true because we have all your emails. They had every email that I had sent out to my supporters and all the stories. I was so embarrassed. Like I was caught right at the end of the day, a guy comes up to me when the main leaders leave the room and he says, Hey, I just want you to know, I'm not, obviously you've never been through something like this before. Um, He goes, it's not going well. (laughs) He goes, if I were you, I'd go get an attorney. He goes, because tomorrow morning they're going to have you come back in and they're going to put you in jail for two weeks. And then they're going to blacklist you from the country. You'll never be allowed back here. And I, I don't know, I, I'm a little high maintenance. I ain't going to jail for two weeks. Like, I ain't doing it. So I freak out. So I call my parents, I'm freaked out. I, I go home, I, I go to a, see an attorney and the attorney's like, hey, you're out of luck. You're already too far along this process. You just gotta figure out what happens tomorrow. And if you need, here's my number, you can call me from jail. And I'm like, that's not great. So I freak out, I go back to the house and me and my buddy and, and our pastors who were running the projects through were there at the house, we're all crying together. It was a moment, a major defeat. I was kind of mad at God. It felt like this guy in the story, like the door was shut. I'm like, God, where were you? Have you ever had those moments where you're like, God, I prayed, God, I, I did my part. Where was your part? And I remember just being frustrated with God. So the pastor and his wife, they're like, well, we need to pray. We need to have a moment of prayer because this, let's go to the Lord. So we had this moment. We were worshiping together. We were praying together, just going through the motions. And finally, I'm telling you, the spirit of God was in that room. And the pastor's wife, her name is Pastor Soroja. She's still like a general of the faith, very involved in my life. She was, um, she was there. And as she, we were praying, she says, even now, God, even now, would we believe together that this man's heart is changing. And even now at this moment, it was eight o'clock at night. She said, even now at eight o'clock at night, we're believing that his heart is changing. And when Aaron walked in today, he walked in one way, but the way he's walking in tomorrow, he's gonna walk in with divine favor and the whole situation is gonna be changed. So we all cheered. Like, I mean, there's tears running out. We're cheering, whoa, God's in the midst of this. That's all exciting until you wake up the next day. So I wake up the next day, I'm super freaked out. I'm, all, I'm believing in faith for what we prayed, but you know, the reality. So I call my parents, hey, I just want you to know, it might be out in two weeks, it'd be interesting. So I show up, the main guy over immigration spots me walking into the building, walks up to me, says, hey, Aaron, we have a meeting with the whole committee in a couple hours. He goes, but I've got some errands to run. Come in and get in my car, let's ride around town. I'm like, this is sketchy, it's not good. We start riding around town and he starts talking to me like we're friends. I'm like, we just spent seven hours. He was reaming me for seven hours yesterday. He's talking to me like we're friends. And he finally, we go and sit down at a coffee shop and I'll never forget this the rest of my life. He sits down at a coffee shop and he goes, let me be real with you. He goes, I think somebody is setting you up. Maybe some other organization, some other people. He goes, the way we got all this stuff, someone wants you out of this country. And I said, I said, well, I think that's the case. I think there's something. He goes, and I just want you to know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna work hard on fighting for you in this next meeting to get all these charges dropped. And I, I was blown away. And I thought he was playing me a little bit, thinking like, you know, is he trying to get something out of me? And I looked at him and I said, sir, why are you doing this? 
And he says, I was trying to go to sleep last night. I'm laying in my bed and it's about eight o'clock at night. Something triggers inside of me to think, I, I think I got this thing wrong. He goes, it was, about, it was about that time I started looking over your file again and realizing, putting these pieces together, this guy's being set up. There's no way. He, he, he's, not, he's not who we think he is. He's actually someone that's trying to do something good for our country. He goes, so I just want you to, I'm going to go into that meeting. I'm going to fight for you. Two hours later, we sat in the meeting. He made the call. All, jo- all uh, the charges were dismissed. And now, 20 years later, we're still working in the country for God's glory. Come on, somebody. I'm just sharing it to raise your faith today, to say there's some moments where you have to go, it's crazy to ask, but I'm gonna believe God for something big. It's crazy, but I'm gonna believe God for that miracle. I'm gonna believe it for that healing. I'm gonna believe it for that restoration. So we're gonna do it right now. All across Tampa Bay, there's thousands of you guys joining us right now. And I don't want you to sit there in your house right now without having a moment of audacity to take that prayer card right now to believe God for something big. I'm gonna give you about one minute across Tampa Bay to take that card and to write something on there to believe God for. You're gonna write something on there that is bigger than anything you put on your prayer list before. You're gonna believe God for something. There's an addiction you can't get over and you've even stopped praying about it. You're gonna believe God for it. You're gonna trust him. And we're gonna write these things down and all throughout the week, thousands of people are gonna lay hands on each of these cards and pray it out in faith for you to see that miracle. And maybe, just maybe, we'll have a Pastor Saroja moment where at the moment we pray, something happens. And the miracle happens in our life. You got about 45 more seconds, write it out. diagnoses are being written on there there's children who have walked away from the faith they say they're atheists their names are being written on these cards right now there's depression being written on that card it's gonna be broken in Jesus name there's someone who's been praying for a spouse for years you're gonna write it on that card you're gonna believe God for it someone's been praying for a baby and you're gonna write it out on that card that the Lord would give it to you this year he is a miracle working God Jesus. I'm about to pray over him. I want you to write it. Make sure you write that thing in faith right now. When you look at that, that, that uh, request on there, there's three levels of faith that I want you to get to. The first level of faith is that you believe that God can do it. It's right here in your notes if you were one of those few people that are going, you didn't finish the notes, Aaron. You're gonna believe that God can do it. And God has all power. He can do the miracle you need right now. But there's a second level that we're gonna get to and I'm gonna believe with you for even this morning is that God will do it. It's his will that none should perish. It's his will that you would walk free from that pain. It's his will that that child would come back to faith. And then there's a third category, and here's the greatest category that I'm living by, because I've had those those moments like I had in Sri Lanka, but I've also had those other moments that I've prayed and it didn't happen. 
Here's the third level is that I trust even if God doesn't do it. I trust it. So I trust that he can and I trust that he will and I trust even if God doesn't do it in my life, I'm gonna give him praise and the glory that he deserves even if I don't see the miracle that I wanna see. Y'all with me? Y'all ready to believe God for it? Stay in your feet over every location. Come on in Clearwater. Those in North Tampa, those there in Brandon at the Heights, those in West Chase right there, let's all believe God. Why don't you take that card and raise it up to heaven right now. In the name of Jesus, we believe God that you can do the miraculous. We believe God right now that you are a miracle worker, that you can heal bodies and you can see people free from addictions and we can see marriages restored and we can see people walk into the purposes of God. You can do it. And God, I declare over it that you will do miracles in people's lives. You will do it, God. You will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask, think, or imagine. And we make a decision now, God, that even if you don't do it, we'll give you the praise and we'll give you the glory because you're worthy of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, church, one more time. Let's worship before we go today. one more group in the room today and that's those that don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're far from God, maybe you walked away from faith, but today can be your day of salvation. It is the best decision that you could ever make in your life. We see in James 4, 8, where James tells us that as you draw near to God, he draws near to you. And maybe there's something that's been stirring on the inside of you. Maybe you felt something in your spirit. Maybe you didn't even realize that you had a spirit in you, but that's what it is. It's you drawing close to God and he, the creator of the universe, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the creator of everything is moving closer to you today. And it's the best decision that you can ever make. So I'm gonna ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. And if that's you today, I'm gonna count to three. And all I'm gonna ask you to do is just raise up your hand, wave it at me, and you can put it right back down. And you wanna make that decision. There's something that's been stirring up on the inside of you. If that's you today, on the count of three, one, two, be bold today. Take that bold step of faith. If that's you, one, two, three, lift hand, hands raised. Wow. Amen. Amen, if you put it up, you can put it right back down. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer today. And I'm gonna ask that you pray it with me. Pray it out loud. I'm gonna ask everyone to pray this out loud with me. God, we come to you now. I give you my past. I give you my present. And I give you my future. I make you Lord of my life. I acknowledge that you died for me. That you paid the ultimate sacrifice. 
for all of my sins and all of my mistakes. Today, I put my faith in you. Today, I put my trust in you. Today, I put my hope in you forever and always. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Come on, church, can we give it up for those that made the best decision of their life today? Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.